0: tennis.com podcast and here's your host ed mcgrogan hey everyone welcome to the latest australian open podcast here on tennis.com i'm ed mcgrogan i have steve tigner on the line uh from down in melbourne uh good morning first of all steve and uh how's everything been
1: good good um a lot of tennis it's been a long um this is always a long tournament with a lot of that goes matches go late um and it's been that way this year with uh Djokovic and Bavrinka and Federer Sanga some really good late night matches but um so now it gets a gets a lot quieter because the matches really are just at night which is which is i think it's the only slam that does that, so there's really not much singles wise during the day
0: at least those two late night matches i think have been worth uh the investment of time at least yeah
1: both, both really good, and then also the Sloan Stevens serena match was was really dramatic so um so those, you know, those three are, you know, they're, those are all within sort of top ten matches of the year potential.
0: Yeah, there there has been some good stuff. I think we're we're gonna need to remember when looking back on this all from a uh, tournament and perspective, and uh, perhaps the Ferrero almagro collapse and all collapses. If you want to get kind of uh, sadistic with it too, um, but but everything here is is night from here on out, starting with Federer Murray the semifinal. Uh, this is going to happen in actually, you know, a little over uh, 10 hours. And I'm thinking about this match, and, and one thing that actually came to mind while thinking about this is actually Maria Sharapova, in a way, um, because of what happened to her in the semifinals against Lee Na, um, I I kind of, looking back on her schedule, and this is all the hindsight 2020 and, and Monday morning quarterback, but you see that, or you notice that she just didn't really have that competition um, just kind of waltzed through the field, losing nine games and five matches. I think some people might make a comparison to Murray about about something like that. In, in that he has not, he he probably has had one of the easiest draws to a Grand Slam semifinal I can ever remember. Um, and uh, you know, Federer on the other hand, that's a totally different story. He's really gone through all sorts of different challenges. Um, is there any concern about Murray about not having this really? Uh, test before this really big test against Roger.
1: Yeah, I guess you you look at these two as having pretty, you know, it's been an opposite situation. Um, Murray has had it easy. Uh, He's played really solid tennis, but at the same time he doesn't you don't know, he, he doesn't know exactly right now how he's playing against somebody who really challenges him. He hasn't faced that like you said. But I would be more concerned, I think, about Federer with a bunch of night matches, a bunch of big matches, they didn't—they weren't all close, but they were—you know—they were all matches he had to really get up for. And then this last one against Song, I think, took a lot out of him. So I—I I, I understand the Murray situation, but I think as far as the road there, I think he—I would give that advantage to Murray over Federer because I feel like at some point a long match to, um, tonight could—it could catch up with him.
0: Federer has definitely been playing the marquee match every round. You're right. For it's just kind of I think the way his draw shook out, and of course the way the night matches went. You know what problems in your mind does Murray? He's what? What problems does Murray pose for Federer that the players Federer's beaten like Songa, Rionič Tomić that those guys didn't offer to Federer and that he eventually overcame.
1: Well, first he's beaten him ten times. Those guys. Probably haven't beaten him ten times combined. Um, Federer, or Murray also is is very consistent. As much as people think he's gotten more aggressive, at watching him at this tournament, he's played his very solid style. Um, he's in he's in good shape. He seems to be even in better shape, and maybe even, he's done a lot of physical work this year already. Um, and his you know he'll make Federer stay out there for a long time. If there's any if there's any issue physically with with Federer with um being tired Murray'll exploit it and i also think Murray thinks he should win none of those guys who played Federer before even Songa, by the you know when he, even when he got to a fifth set you could tell there was some lack of belief Murray i think Murray would be really crushed to lose this match
0: it it, it sounds like i think you're you're kind of siding with Murray on this one for a few reasons it sounds like i mean do you, do you consider him do you think he'll win first of all? And is any is anyone really the favorite in this match? I, I guess I wanted to ask as well.
1: So if I pick Federer, I'll pick Federer pick, pick at the start, and I think I'll stay with him because he tends to win these big matches against Murray. He's lost, he's, they played three times at slams, and he's only lost one set, and they played another big one recently at the World Tour Finals in London, and Federer beat him. And that he, I think he tends to, to rise to those occasions, and Murray gets a little tight knowing that, I think Murray feels like he should beat Federer, but in a big match, somehow Federer has the mental advantage. So I'm going to stick with with Feder, but but um, I think if you went on paper with not thinking about that, as far as their form and who's in better shape and the and the youth uh, element and sort of Murray coming into his prime and Federer exiting his, you know, a lot of people could take Murray in this match.
0: And what do you what are you thinking to expect? since you've been in Laver Arena so often, what are you kind of expecting from the crowd? I'm, I'm kind of of two minds of this, where you almost always get really pro Federer crowds. Um, this is a little different with Murray, I think, av- having established himself so well over the past year, and, and just thinking from a purely uh, ticket buyer's point of view, after last night's just total dud of a semifinal, I'm sure that they want to see some actual good tennis being played.
1: It'll be a Federer crowd. Um, Murray's—I mean, you know it's won't be. Murray's no villain, and it won't be 100%. The Australians are are pretty sporting and pretty well-behaved crowd. Once you get rid of the fanatics, um, once all the Australian players are out, but you know, it's it's still a place that Federer's liked. It's—I think it'll be a standard, you know, sort of typical pro Federer crowd, not over the top. Otherwise,
0: I guess the last thing I I just maybe the duration of this. I mean, it's been I think for the most part, um, kind of an up and down give and take when you when you put these the big four against one or you know these top men's players against one another. It's it's rarely that you see kind of a a one way traffic. um, Perhaps the exception being when Murray beat Federer so bad at the Olympics. I mean, do you anticipate this is a four or five setter for the most part?
1: Yeah, I think so. I don't think anybody's going to blow out the other one. If, if there's a blowout, I, I guess I could see it being Murray blowing Federer out. If he can get the first set and get on top of him and relax. Um, I don't see Federer blowing Murray out. I don't see him winning in straight sets. So I think you've got a four or five setter either way.
0: All right. Um, we'll take a look at that, obviously, uh, in great detail tonight. We'll have a live chat during the match. Steve, of course, will be the report, racket reaction from Pete Bodo back here in the States. Um, That's all on the men's semifinal, the final men's semifinal between Federer and Murray. Thanks for listening. Tennis.com podcast. You've been enjoying Tennis.com's weekly podcast. Thanks for listening. For all the latest news and events, head over to Tennis.com.